Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show. Our topic today is how to thrive and master your life. And I am here today with yoga teacher and Ayurvedic practitioner, Kate Stillman. Kate Stillman has been teaching Ayurveda and yoga programs locally and globally since founding her website, yogahealer.com in 2001. She's the founder and host of the Yoga Healer podcast. She also founded Yoga Health Coaching to give wellness professionals the tools and skills they need to grow their businesses, help their clients, and live the lifestyles they want. She's the author of the book we're discussing today, Master of You, a five-point system to synchronize your body, your home, and your time with your ambition. You can learn more about Kate, her teaching programs, and her books at the website yogahealer.com. Welcome, Kate Stillman. I'm really delighted to have you as a guest today on the Yoga Hour. Oh, thanks so much, Laurel. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) So before we dive into our dialogue about thriving and mastering our life, let's begin with a moment of contemplation. So let's just take this moment out of our busy day and bring ourselves fully present wherever we are and whatever we're doing. Just bring our attention to the body. Feel the body in space. And just notice whatever surfaces are supporting you, whether you're sitting or walking, driving, Just feel the supports for your body, the places that your body touches those supports. And then bring your attention to the breath. And then just notice as you take a fully conscious breath, notice the inhale and the exhale. With the inhale, feel the cool air in the nostrils. And with the exhale, feel the warm air flowing out. And just being present, being here, feeling our breathing. Here's something to contemplate from Yogacharya O'Brien's Book of Inspirations, Living for the Sake of the Soul. 
The influence of environment is powerful. We are wise to consider it. Although our essence of being is untouched by any environment, as a practical matter, we seek out those environments that are most supportive of our total well-being. Especially when we are establishing new healthy habits, it's important to pay attention to what we surround ourselves with. Habits are triggered by environment. If we are tired, stressed, or otherwise off balance, we are likely to respond to those things that trigger lack of self-care or forgetfulness of ourselves as divine beings. Even if we had previously intended to behave differently, the old coping mechanisms return. To succeed, arrange an environment conducive to success and spiritual remembrance. Keep it simple. Keep it sweet. So once again, Kate Stillman, welcome to the Yoga Hour. As I said, I'm so pleased to have you on the podcast and have a chance to discuss your book, Master of You. So what inspired you to write Master of You, to write this book at this time? Well, with both my books, they came out of my course member community. And I was already teaching the teachings in the book, and it became just a naturally easier way to to communicate uh, ideas and to create a supportive tool for for my course members so the actual you know getting the chapters down and organized and the editing and and all that really came from what works mm. what was really working in my in my course members lives so master of you came out of a course called awake living i mm. in uh, Awake Living came out of another course called the Living Ayurveda course. And my course mm. members in Living Ayurveda were saying, well, once in, in, in Living Ayurveda, I uh, really help people get in tune with their, their inner healer, their self healer, and empowered people to experience very deep energy and deep resilience. Mm. And when we have that kind of organization in our body and our mind, we have an impulse to do something greater with our lives. Mm. And that's what became Awake Living. That's what then became the book, Master of You of, okay, when we want to do something greater, is there a system? Is there something that comes from both the ancient wisdom traditions and the modern skills around getting things done, like really achieving a much bigger goal? And the book is the is the synthesis of, of that, of me systemizing based on the five elements of Ayurveda, how to make it just a little bit, a little bit easier to achieve bigger goals or to live a bigger purpose in our life. There's a natural desire to live a bigger purpose for those who are on the yeah. path of awakening. And is there a system that can help us organize and also troubleshoot along the way <laughs> when it gets hard? Well, that's so great. And, and I love the way that you drew on the five elements, this ancient, you know, teaching that is present in both um, Ayurveda and in, and in yoga. And you really applied it in a really interesting 
fascinating way, which we'll talk more about. At the beginning of your book, there are several exercises to help us connect with the deeper purpose that you're just mentioning, you know, our deeper purpose, our dharma. So how has working with the five elements help you to live your dharma more fully? Yeah, I, it, it was really interesting along the way, right? When I, when I was putting it all together of like, why am I, often my colleagues would ask me like, how are you able to do all of that you're doing? I, uh, you know, run a company, earn well financially, be a mother uh, to a, a school age kid, you know, to do all the things and to get the kind of outdoor time to have the self-care practices to pursue my hobbies of mountain biking and skiing and stand up paddleboard surfing, you know? So it was a little bit of like the kind of like, how do you do it all Stillman? Uh, and I started to look at my training in Ayurveda and, and just to notice, and it was as if, I don't know, I, I think many people listening and, and I'm sure you Laurel, it's like, there's this part of our, ourselves, the, uh, as an individual that we think we have an idea, but when we really lean back into like, where is this coming from? It's as if, it's as if a tradition carries on through us. And so because I had surrendered my life to Ayurveda, and those who don't know Ayurveda, it's the, it's the healing science. Ayu means life. Veda is to, to know or, or to study. It's the wisdom. And this idea of like studying, studying life itself, um, it became the healing science that is the sister science to yoga, which is, according to Ayurveda, is the path of enlightenment, the path of, of living an awake life. And so behind this awake life is this science of like, how do you, how do you thrive in your body and in your mind to align to spirit? And that's what Ayurveda is, is in, in this set up to do. And I, I surrendered my life to Ayurveda in my, about my mid twenties, I was mm -hmm. smitten. And, <laughs> and I realized, you know, as many people on the yoga path, like there's no way, there's no way I would learn it all before yeah. I died. Too big, too vast. Uh, but I would try, I would try to learn as much as I, as I could. And so with Master of You and the Elements, it start, I, you know, and I really backed up from the questions my course members were asking me of like, what is this next level of teaching around Dharma and around, and around, you know, achieving based on a, on service, right? So that we, we really do something with our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I started to <clears throat> notice like, okay, of course I noticed through the lens of the five elements because that's how I've been trained and that's what my in teaching Ayurveda for you know close to whatever at that point it was maybe when I first started it was maybe 15 years at that point now it's 20 I uh, to just notice of like oh if if I want to really get clear on my vision or this vision that's happening through me my space or ether or kasha element it needs to be refined it needs to be vibrating at a very high level just like the quote you read from from uh, Acharya Ellen, there's the more I studied behavioral science to help my course members in Body Thrive, which is our, our basic habit book, our basic habit book and course on Ayurveda. Uh, the more I started to notice, like in studying behavioral science, like you can architect an environment that really decreases the number of choices you're making a day. Mm. And so, if during a period of what they call like high motivation when you're highly motivated. This is from the research of BJ Fogg at Stanford University. When you're highly motivated, you can make better decisions 
and set up your environment in a way that will help you make choices when you're in a state of low motivation. Mm-hmm. And so I started to take that and, 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 and I also married that with Marie Kondo's method of like, how do you, how do you live in a place that sparks joy, which in yoga language is the Ananda Maya Kosha. Like how do you refine your environments? And what I found is we could actually through studying behavioral science and identity evolution, which means you're so plastic, you can become anything you want next. You're not, your personality is not fixed. Your likes and dislikes, even your preferences, all that, all that can evolve. Mm-hmm. So if we are choosing a, a future identity, like this is who I want to become next, to serve a bigger purpose, this is who I need to become next. These are the habits this person has. This is the kind of environment this person lives in. This is kind of the kind of clothes this person wears. This is what the refrigerator of this person looks like. And we architect our environment to be that. We're making that choice in a period of high motivation. And then our environment supports us. But our environment also then enables a vision to come in. It's we've prepared our space for a higher vision. So then when it comes to vision planning or fire element, we're operating uh from a place where we actually can receive the impulse. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And just to back up a little bit for people who aren't familiar with the five elements. So the five elements are space, as you mentioned, or ether, earth, fire, water, and air. And as I just said, they're foundational in both yoga and you know Ayurveda. So could you give a description and the qualities that are associated with them, just to start with sort of an overview of the five elements um, that I think would be helpful for people who aren't, just aren't familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. So the, the five elements are present in every, in every cell of everything in living matter. So one of the easiest ways to get in touch with the elements is to look outside. So if you're in a, in, if you're already outside, great. If you're in a room uh, with a window, (laughs) look out the window and just simply notice first the sky. So look as far as the eye can see and allow yourself to presence this planet that you're on in the solar system that the Earth is within. And then even to the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, like how big, how big space really is. And then this Milky Way galaxy is just one of innumerable galaxies and that the 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 universe or the multiverse is expanding at a faster rate than than scientists previously were able to uh, determine and so space is also expansive it's actively expanding and it's it's cold it's subtle and just notice how in yourself when you consider space you might just notice that there's a sense of ease, of uncrowding mm. that comes with, with space. There's enough room to breathe. So spaciousness is also within our body if you feel your breath. Whenever we're anxious, there's not enough room to breathe in our bodies, and that has to do with a contraction usually that's coming from the mind, but as we relax the mind and considering space is a one way to relax the mind, sometimes that contraction will release and there's a little more space to breathe, which allows 
each cell a little bit more space to function. That's great. So, that, so that's space. That's space. I know we could do this for an hour. Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Just look, look at the physical matter. So you might look at the ground. You might look at the trees. That's what I'm seeing where I am. Uh, and, and consider the density of, of gravity that is so the opposite of space. And so the earth is dense and heavy and it's unlike space, which is super subtle. Earth is gross. It's very physical. It's very tangible. And you can even feel your body and even like squeeze your legs and just notice how like you're physically very here. So while the, the breath in your body is harder to capture, just notice how your physical body is heavy and dense as matter. And that's, that's earth. And then fire, we'll go to fire next. Fire is, just notice if it's light or dark where you are, the light that comes from the sun, that's fire. In your physical body, notice if you're hungry or satiated, it's your digestive fire. But also it's the, the fire of the mind, it's the power of metabolism present in every cell. And then air, if you're looking out the window and you, you can notice, is there a breeze? Yeah. Is something moving the trees, the leaves, is something moving the grasses? And movement in the body is also the transference of, of energy and matter within cells. It's the inhale and the exhale. And then water is fluidity and moisture. It's that which supports life. So you might notice in your own, even if you squeeze your leg again, there's, there's that physical matter, but there's also a squishiness. And that's water element. When you look outside, you might notice the clouds and that's water. You also might notice like that which is enabling the moisture within anything that's alive, whether it's grass or trees. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's water. So water is, is that which supports and sustains. Oh, that was so great. And you, you do this, you give this little um, exercise that you just did in the book and even talk about, you know, breathing into your hand, you know, and feeling the moisture, you know, that's in your breath. And so really nice. I thought I love that because it really gives people, a, you know, an embodied sense of what you're talking about here. So how does mastering the five elements support us in living a better life in a life with purpose? Yeah, so Again, the, the, so the basic habits I write about more in my first book of like, how do you really sustain you? How do you build deep energy and deep resilience? And so master of you, and there's a condensed version of that in master of you in the earth right. element. Like these are the biorhythms, like get your body rhythms in order through, through rhythmic eating and rhythmic sleeping and rhythmic movement. So you're not snacking, you know, a lot so that there's a, a, a nice long space between dinner and breaking your fast, uh, so that you're, you're awake to your own animal body that you, you hear are, <laughs> you know, you, who you are is, is ancient, um, from your body's perspective, so that you're living in line in alignment with the planet, uh, and the, you know, and, and, and with this amazing rhythm, that's just part of the, the natural part of being a primate living in circadian rhythm. So when we have that dialed in, the elements can take on a whole other level. So space becomes space becomes the vibration that you're cultivating, right? So if you create a, a vibration in the spaces that you're in, that's aligned to a higher purpose. Uh, 
it, you'll pull that purpose forward through you mm. with, with fire. It's, it's having a very, you know, being able to then receive that very clear vision of, of who you are um, and who you want to become next and what you need to become next. Like what are the skills, the resources, the assets, the relationships that you need to develop that you do currently do not have mm. uh, that you can leverage. Maybe some of the things that you do, some of the things that you do have to leverage uh, to become who, who you need to become next to fulfill a deeper purpose. So that's fire. And then part of fire too is how do you strategically plan? Like what is strategic planning? And, and what I find it, this is where, especially yogis, and I've lived in the community of, of yogis for a few decades now. Um, yogis are super weak in fire, super weak. They're good at vision. They're poor at planning, at strategic mm -hmm. planning. Mm -hmm. And so I've really tried to take time and break down. And, and I know from coaching course members for years uh, that this is where people check out, don't want to engage. And yet this is the practice of yoga. This is the tapas. This is this burning desire to evolve. And it's also the power of the mind, the discerning power of the mind to think hard. And it, I mean, you should think so hard, like it feels like steam's coming out of your ears. Like that's <laughs> good strategic planning. And so then and once you have fire. a good plan, <laughs> Good fire. Yeah. Uh, and we could get into Sadaka Pitta and like there's a functionality of the, of the brain heart connection and yoga philosophy and Ayurvedic philosophy that really supports this higher level of, of cognitive function to make a better plan. Then putting that plan in action happens in time and time, time is the movement across space and that lands us solidly in air element. So how do we use time right now? It's interesting, like pre-COVID, people are like, I don't have enough time. Uh, COVID and post-COVID, people are realizing that how they're using time mm -hmm. could be better. They're starting to realize like, oh, Netflix isn't the best investment. You know, things like that. Uh, or, ooh, like I, I have more freedom now, often from being home more, but am I really using time to step into who I need to become next, the skills? I mean, the, the world's changing very fast. We're living in a world that's that's VUCA. I also talk about this in the book that, you know, we've known for years that the world is becoming increasingly volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. That's the, the term VUCA that came out of the post-Cold War. And that means we need to adapt more quickly. It means we need to be even more resilient uh, and even more awake to the adaptability of self, which yoga is like, is the oldest, to me, it's like, is the oldest teaching on, codified teaching on of like who you are is not fixed, mm -hmm. who you are is free. So act like it and, and gain the skills, use time, use time to your advantage. And yoga is so developed in how to, how to actually expand time. And that's the work, that's the breath work that yogis do called pranayama. So I tie that in there as well. Now, once you put a plan into the field of time, stuff comes up, your deeper issues come up the flaws in your vision planning are exposed and that's water element water. Like if you're going to, if you're going to clean something, you need water. If you're, if you're really going to come clean with yourself and your integrity and in what it is that you deeply want to do, how you most deeply want to serve or devote your life to a higher purpose, stuff is going to come up and it's going to show you where you're actually out of alignment or out of integrity. Uh, it'll reveal to yourself like what you really need to work on next in order to do yeah. that. And so that's, that's what I have discovered just in working with people, uh, and, and noticing in myself. So I'm like, Oh, 
underworld. We're in the water. We're in that place, that murkiness, that place where the deeper issues come up or where people get stuck or where I'm currently stuck or, you know, that inner temper tantrum that we can throw when things don't go quite according to how we thought, don't go according to plan. A lot of people have had a lot of that with COVID. Yeah. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, my kids are home from school. Oh, my parents are sick, right? Like things are not going according to plan. That's all water element of like Mm. now, like what is being revealed? What, Mm. how do I need to uh, digest and process? And Mm. then what will then come of that? That that underworld when fully embraced leads to the biggest breakthroughs. So you had mentioned in uh, this last bit, uh, tapas, the um, one of the three main practices of Kriya Yoga as set forth in the Yoga Sutras. And I appreciated something that you wrote in the book. So I'm going to quote you here. So when your actions are in line with your values or ethos, you have a better shot at attuning your life to a higher purpose. For example, you might highly value quiet time, deep rest, good food, and your best friends. Yet, you find that your days are too busy to find quiet, you're too wired to sleep deeply, you're eating prepared foods, and you haven't had enough time for friendship. Your values haven't changed, but your actions have. So what is the first thing you suggest we do when we have this realization that maybe people are maybe seeing themselves in this right now? when we realize we aren't living our values in some way, and I, I realize I've only given you about a minute here to talk about it, and then we'll come back to it in the beginning. So just let maybe dip your toe in <laughs> now to where we're going. Yeah. When we're, when we're out of integrity with ourselves, the first thing to do is just to, to, to just pause and, and stop and to, to, to actually really feel that we tend to, push that away as humans. So if you do that naturally, you're not alone. And we get busy and distracted or we discount it. So it doesn't matter. So I just invite you just to actually breathe it in and to notice and to actually reflect. And that's water element. We reflect back and say like, really, how, how off am I? Like how, how out of integrity, how out of alignment are my values with my actions? Not from a place of judgment, not from a place of self-berating, but just from a place of curiosity. Because that's, that's how so, you're going to, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that's so great and gives us a really good you know, start on it. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest today, Kate Stillman, who's author of the book we're discussing, Master of You. You can learn more about Kate at her website, yogahealer.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and we'll be right back. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back from the break. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm joined today by Kate Stillman, a yoga and Ayurvedic practitioner and teacher. And 
We are talking about her book, Master of You. So Kate, in the first segment, we talked about qualities or sort of areas of our lives that are associated with the five elements. And part two of your book really expands this associating part of our life with each element. So could you give us an overview of the association of the five elements with our, as in your title, our home, body, ambition, time, and integrity? Yeah. Yeah. So Akasha or ether element, space element is what we call it in the book because it's easier for for many of us to relate to just space, um, that's our home. And so for those listening, just if you even look around the room that you're in, is, is the space that you're in at the vibration of the person you want to become next? And when you look at all of your spaces this way, your bedroom, your bathroom, your drawers, your refrigerator, your car, uh, if, if you start to notice that actually it's not, then it's actually pulling you back then your, your, your environments. And so now we're using the word home, like your home is pulling you back or your car is pulling you back or your, your refrigerator is pulling you backwards. It's not helping you actually step into who you want to become next. Uh, body, this is earth. This is our, these are our body rhythms. So if our body rhythms around rhythmic sleep, rhythmic movement and rhythmic eating or intermittent fasting, as it's popularly called now are, uh, are in sync with, being a, basically being a, being a primate, being a human animal, uh, then we feel great. And if our body rhythms are not, are not in sync, then we'll feel often wired and tired. Uh, often we, our body, our physical body will feel stagnant, but our mind will be overactive. And so getting the body rhythms in sync so that you can actually do more with your life. So it's all in service of, it's very, you know, it's very much a bhakti type of a yoga in, in service of something greater that we, we have to make choices uh, in alignment that will actually enable something greater to, to, um, for us to step into in, in our lives. Uh, ambition is like what you really want to do. So some people here have spiritual ambitions. Other people here have financial ambitions or relationship ambitions. I have no judgment around what your ambitions are. And I find often people have some superficial level ambitions, but once those are taken care of, their deeper ambitions arise. And so I don't judge any sort of superficial ambitions, even around, even around, uh, you know, money or around that, which is like really in the world of the material, because once those are met, uh, you'll find a, a much deeper ambition starts to call. So ambition is fire element. It's like what, what, what in yoga is like the, this third eye, this inner vision of, of who you are and what is the purpose that you are here to fulfill in this lifetime. Um, that ambition, it, it requires great insight and sight requires light. It requires fire and it mm. requires the burn of, of moving. Like we already talked about tapas of the, the burn to move, to move through that, which is difficult. It's the grit, um, and the persistence, but it's also this deep level of perceiving, um, and discriminating that are all aligned with fire element in, in the mind. Now time, this is air element. So this is how you move through space. If you look at your calendar and you look, is there enough, is there enough space to do what I actually need to do to serve this greater purpose? What will quickly happen is you'll notice you're like, you like everyone else cannot do it all. Hmm. So something's got to go for something else to come in. Right. And that's where that fiery discrimination of, of ambition really helps because it helps segregate or discriminate. Okay. 
can't can't do those things if I'm going to do these things. Um, in time, we should be in a state of access to the eternal time and in a state of flow in uh, deep presence in the moment, but also in, uh, in a focused state of getting things done. And the body habits really help, especially rhythmic eating, rhythmic sleeping, rhythmic movement. Those really help to access deeper levels of time. Mm. And then we already talked about water integrity, which is, um, didn't make it into the subtitle. <laughs> didn't buy subtitle. It didn't in the published version subtitle. Too many words. Uh, but yeah. we and we talked about like if you're not in integrity with your own, if you're your, with your own ethos or your own values, uh, not much else can happen. That creates that just creates too much. Uh, I mean, in yoga we might word, use the word dukkha or like dirty space. It creates too much uh, confusion mm-hmm. in in the self and in the mind um, to actually move into greater things. And so we really pay attention to that deeper alignment in master of you. Well, what I really love, first of all, is just how you've taken the five elements and you've really um, updated them. And it's just this beautiful prism of how we can look at our life today and made them so relevant, which is just a real gift in your book. And of course, this is only an hour program, so we can't really talk about everything. But since we were talking about water and you were focusing on water at the end of the last segment, Let's talk a little bit about that. So in the book, you really connect the element of water with healing. So can you say more about that? Yeah. So in, in our Ayurveda, the, there's the, 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 the one energy, the one universal energy splinters into, into three, uh, where we have the energy of catabolism, metabolism, and anabolism, or vata, pitta. Well, anabolism is kapha, metabolism is pitta. And catabolism is vata, or that breaking things down. So anabolism is that which really supports and sustains life. And in to the water element is that which flourishes and that which and that which nourishes. So if we have a bigger goal, and we're out of and we're out of integrity with our own values in terms of like how we're using our time or what we're doing day to day or what we're eating or how we're sleeping or who we're spending time with and, and being out of alignment with what we want to become next. The water element will, will churn. It's like water moves circularly and that circular action, it will churn imbalances to be to the surface. Right. Anyone who's I've, I'm a, I'm a white water paddleboarder and there was this time I was going down river on my paddleboard and there was a flash flood and the flash flood pushes you know, all the, all the debris to the surface of the water and the churning action of the water, the pure water is deep down mm-hmm. and all the debris rises to the surface and goes downstream. Uh, and that's kind of what happens in this, in this process of like, when you align to a much deeper purpose, the stuff that's out of alignment, you're going to have to make choices. Cause you'll realize like, Ooh, I need deep rest in order. Like the person who's going to do that, that bigger purpose in life, that person needs to be deeply nutrified, deeply rested and fit and in, in fitness to, to do that, um, with a sense of ease and joy, which is the way we would want to pursue any higher ambition. Uh, and so there's a healing nature to that because that, which needs that, which needs to be healed will be churned to the surface. Mm. As many people have uh, experienced, (laughs) Once they really like, you know, commit themselves to a spiritual path or to an endeavor, you know, it's interesting how your stuff comes up and you can realize, um, it's like, 
you know, it, it can be surprising, of course, and also not surprising. But you can also feel like, I mean, I knew I had work to do, but I had no idea how much work I need to do. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, so, and I think just that, I just want to comment on that because there's a part of the yogic path where we realize that it's not personal. Mm. And that the work, whatever, the work, it seems so personal. It's all our trauma. It's all our wounding. It's all our ancestral patterns. Like that's the stuff that really gets turned up. But when you, and this is what I noticed from leading a, you know, course community and master of you is when people realize that like, oh, and you too, oh, and, oh, and me too, I, there's a sense of like, okay, now I'm willing to face it because I realize it's not, it's not just me and that therefore it's not isolating. And one of the key properties of water is this cohesive. And that's, what's enabling the healing is this, this cohesion, this connectivity. That is just really beautiful and powerful. I think that image of the cohesion of water and knowing that, I think you talk about it in the book, but many people are aware of how, you know, what a high percentage of our body is water. That's really the majority of our body. Well, actually the majority is space. If you look at it as a, at a, at a, at a um, molecular level, huh? <laughs> all the space between, you know, the electrons and the, you know, and the, and the nucleus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like at the level of subtle, it's space. And at the level of density, it's water. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so, we, you know, are embarking on this path and it's in service of our dharma. So what does water, I guess you talked about this a little bit, but, you know, we have to heal ourselves to, in order to, um, you know, to move forward with our, with our bigger ambitions, as you talked about. Say more about that. Yeah. And in my, in my, it's interesting because even in running this global course community, we have people like if people need healing, if they're coming and they're, and they're depleted or their immune system isn't high functioning, which might surface as allergies or autoimmune tendencies or autoimmune diagnosis, we don't let them go into mass review mm -hmm. because they're not ready to serve a bigger purpose. They need to heal. And so just to be crystal clear, if you're in a place of depletion to actually back, like that is the bigger goal is restoration is resilience and adaptability. And mm -hmm. so we'll have people go into living our Ayurveda course. If they need deep healing, um, if it's more, they just need to get their habits in alignment. Like if they're more in the allergy uh, reactivity stage, we'll have them go into body thrive, which is like, let's just get your basic habits dialed. And sometimes that takes three months. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes if it's deeper healing, they go and we put them in a year long course. Mm -hmm. Like we need to check this box first mm. before mm. we go into serving a bigger person. Because otherwise what happens is you're already depleted. You start to vision plan to take on more and you break the camel's back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at the so, level of master of you, the healing often has to do with next, like what needs to be healed for you to step into next level purpose that really has so much less to do with the body and the immune system. So at this point, the body is strong but there's an issue. So in my community, cause we have a lot of yoga teachers, uh, and we have a lot of wellness professionals that are wanting to serve, a, a either on a bigger platform or to do a much level deeper work, they need to get their message out. And so often the healing that we find is around imposter syndrome, uh, mm -hmm. is around finding their voice or is around, they find their voice and now they need to learn how to project, which means to really be heard across time and space in a way that's unapologetic, you know, and also in a way that's willing to risk 
And, and what is to risk for is whatever the conviction is. Mm-hmm. So I have a conviction and I've had it since I was a teenager uh, around planetary thrive that I believe, I believe our planet should thrive. I believe people and the planet should thrive. And I believe if the planet thrives, if, to, if humans tune into the planet thriving, humans will thrive. Those are my convictions. I'm willing to step into and act according to those convictions, enough to take a risk, enough to build global platforms and speak on my own podcast weekly, enough to go on other people's shows, enough to write books and, and get them out into the world, even if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. Even willing to risk, like I could be wrong, but I believe this to be true enough to put it out there. And there's often a level of healing. Maybe someone was told as they were growing up, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were, you know, or maybe it's tall poppy syndrome of like, who do you think you are to have a podcast or who's, who's going to listen to you or, you know, and the, and these little subtle things that happen before age seven, uh, can very much limit a person stepping into a deeper purpose. So yeah. that level of healing is what we're really talking about in Master of You. That's this discussion about the water element has been so great. I think it really gives listeners this sense of the depth, you know, that you go into in the book, which is which is really great. And I should mention, it's not just that you read the book, but there's a ton of exercises and things to do as you go along. Uh, and as you point out, it, it's an iterative process so that you go through it, you know, you can go through it once, but then you know, you can do it innumerable times because there's always something like you, that like the analogy that you just gave, there's always something new that's coming up. Right. And so then it's an opportunity to look at that and to go through that at a, at a deeper level. Yeah. Because it's really, you, we're moving through seasons in time. And so the iterative level, and I'm actually redesigning right now, the master of you course to be more effective because it organically came up in the community. It was this organic process. And now we have years of testing with the course members and it's like, how many can we do four iterations a year with the four seasons uh, mm-hmm. of the of the actual process? Because we know that the more iterations someone does, the more the better actually at, at at each element they become, but also particularly at at setting achievable goals, at setting aligned goals that are actually achievable and having good strategic planning. And, it, and I'm all into like dream big. I mean, it might be like, you know, doubling your revenue or doubling the size of your impact. Uh, if that's achievable for you, uh, like what are the sp- specific skills, assets, relationships you'll need in order to do that? And you start just to get much better at that assessment and much better at what at, at assessing what skills are getting help to assess what skills or relationships or assets you're actually going to need to get that done. Mm. So good point on iterations. Yeah, great description. (laughs) So you talk about mastery. The whole title of the book is Master of You. And then you talk about it from the perspective of each element. So, and you give examples. So we've been talking about water. So how would you know, what are some signs of uh, mastery of water element? Yeah, it's interesting. Or, or a lack, actually, because you talk about both, right? You know, your your little checklist is like, you know, you know, you need to work on this element if, you know, and you're and you can tell you, you know, you're you've achieved some level of mastery if this. Yeah, if this. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm actually and I'm not going to speak directly from the text, although I could open I could open it up and see what I wrote a couple of years ago here. <laughs> probably not. It's probably not a bad idea. What did I say about that? But I'll, I'll also speak. I mean, we talk. I feel like we've talked through and through the and in, the integrity part. 
of it, yes. but I want to I want to talk a little bit. What we haven't really talked about um, with with water element is 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 the financial side. Mm. The and mm. and this you know for me was really fascinating because I've in the in the last decade spent time in two communities. One is like the the yoga wellness community, and the other is in an entrepreneurial business owner community. And these two communities have what they have in common is tapas, right? They're both like, they're, they're both like very go-getters to two very, very different outcomes. Right. Tapas being the self-discipline that we're talking about, you know, yeah. that discipline. Like drive, drive, yeah. raw drive. Like many of us have it. Like there's a drive that brings you to the path of awakening. Like you are driven in a way that you might find a lot of your friends and family aren't. Right. And it's driving you to show up on your yoga mat or your meditation cushion, or it's driving you to, to seek podcasts like this, or in the old days to go to live trainings, hopefully in the future as well. Like to, I mean, I remember back to how much money I invested in my path as a seeker. It was by far the greatest expense in my life. Like I would live like a, you know, like where I live in ski bum country. So we'd say like as a dirt bag, like I, like my cost of living was so low, but my investment in high quality spiritual education was my highest expense right? by far. And that's mm -hmm. true. I know for those of you listening, like that is most likely true for you. Like you're not going to go on a, I mean, you, you wouldn't put money into like in the old days, like a cruise as much as like going and seeing your teacher and, and going and spending, you know, a few days or investing really in, in yourself. So what I found is that in the business community, um, there's no shame around around money, around being financially fluid and accumulating. And fluidity and accumulation are both qualities of water. Water pools itself and it flows. But what I found in the yoga community was there's so much shame. I mean, when I first started teaching the Yoga Healer Business Course, which evolved into Yoga Health Coaching, which is very much based on a business model that's deeply sustainable and enables this level of, of, of financial abundance and time abundance so that healers can serve not just this take decade of their life, but the next decade and the next decade and the next decade. Cause we need our peers. We need our peers in our forties, fifties, sixties, seventies and eighties and nineties. We need people that are deeply resilient and financially being replenished by those that they're, that they're serving. So all these money issues that, um, uh, that came up in the path of coaching my members who are mostly coming from the yoga community and helping them with these like business skills that I was learning more from the, the entrepreneurial community uh, and working through some of those, the, the, those just like basic concepts of like, how, how, how do you vision plan in order to have that happen? And then what comes up in the, in the process. So some of the other ones uh, with master of water have to do with, it have, have to do with, again, we've talked about depth and integrity, but like really, how do you meet challenges that arise? So any challenge that's arise, like do you A, receive it rather than resist it? Because water has this interesting, it has this interesting thing of like, if it goes with the flow. So if there's a massive obstacle in life, like do you actually act in receptivity towards that? Because if you do, if you can, if you can tend and befriend the obstacle, it will be your your biggest teacher, the obstacle is the way, as Marcus Aurelius said a few thousand years ago. Mm. Mm. That's, that's so great. And again, I, I love that we're able to give a bit of a 
um, in-depth look at at least one of the elements. And of course, as I said, we just don't have time to go into uh, everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about time. We've talked about space already, you know, and you've talked about, you know, making your space a receptive place for the person that you want to be. We've talked about water now and some of the qualities of water and how mastery of water might look. So when we talk about uh, about um, air. Time, yeah. Yes, exactly. So can you um, can you talk about that? How do you equate the element of air with time? And then what does that mean in a larger picture? Yeah, and we can do that exercise. Take your hand in front of your mouth about six inches out and exhale and blow. So it took time for the air to go from your lungs to your hand. So with, with movement across space, there's always a measurement of time. Mm-hmm. And the way that in Ayurveda, it, time is super fascinating in yoga and Ayurveda. It's really taught in a very different way than I think many of us, than many of us learned. If, if you measure your life and breath cycles, which the yogis do, this is in the ancient text. If you measure your life and breath cycles, what happens when you slow down your breathing? We know from studies, you know, from the NIH and meditation and in breathing exercises that when you're in a, a slower breathing pattern, that you're more in, you're more in the tendon befriend mode, you're more in rest and digest mode than you are in fight or flight mode. So your physiology is optimized towards longevity. You're optimized towards thriving versus survival. So our perception of time, if, if we're rushing, we're in survival mode, which means we're actually accelerating our aging process. Mm-hmm. So if we look at our schedule and we're like, oh my gosh, there's more on my calendar than I want to do today, then we're in survival mode. So we're actually accelerating our perception of time rather than decelerating our perception of time. And chances are when we're in survival mode because of the way the blood works to the, you know, it, it diverts, <laughs> it, defi- it diverts your ability to think more in terms of long-term strategy, you'll create more busyness. So it's a negative feedback loop. You're already too busy and your mind is currently wired to create more busyness. And so master of time is where you're in more of a decelerated mode of time, where you're in long-term vision planning, and you're aligning that to the moment so that the moment is, is spacious in itself, the future is spacious, and you're actually taking aligned action towards your greater purpose. And you're enjoying the process because you're in tandem befriend mode as opposed to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. That's just... Wonderful and insightful, I think, about looking at the association of, of air, the air element with time. So unbelievably, we've come to the close <laughs> of the program. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show, and we've been discussing how to thrive and master your life with our guest, Kate Stillman author of the book we've been discussing today, Master of You, a five-point system to synchronize your body, your home, and your time with your ambition. You can learn more about Kate Stillman, her book, and her podcast, The Yoga Healer Podcast, as well as her teaching programs at the website yogahealer.com. You can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at yogahealer.com. 
Kate Stumman, thank you so much for joining me today. This has just been an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, me too, Laurel. Thanks for having me. So join me next time when I'll be talking with Florence Williams, the author of the book, The Nature Fix. We'll be discussing how nature makes us happier, healthier, and more creative. And also some ways to take advantage of our time in nature. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. The Center for Spiritual Enlightenment and Yogacharya O'Brien are offering many online opportunities to help you deepen your spiritual practice, including daily meditation, which happens both at 6.30 in the morning and also weekdays at 4 p.m. Those are Pacific time. There's also many other classes and programs you can participate in online. Just go to csecenter.org and the link to online programs is on the the, uh, uh, entry page. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder, director, and host of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Ann Hayes and Mickey Coronado, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unityonlineradio.org. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember... You carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and your joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.